Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the program here on KFI AM 640. Thanks for joining me this weekend. I want to say thank you so much to all the fabulous recommendations and suggestions and pieces of advice that I received over the past couple of weeks to rescue Summer's Paws. Um, you might recall a couple of weeks ago before I went on vacation, I mentioned that Summer ran across our driveway while it was being resealed, ending up with tar <laughs> all over her paws. I don't know why I'm laughing, but, you know, it is kind of funny. Anyway, I asked for help in how to solve the problem, and I got so many emails from folks offering suggestions. Uh, Aura, for example, said to use Goo Gone. Joe recommended peanut butter. Tom said mineral oil will solve the problem, provided we don't let the dogs ingest it because, you know, that's what we use when we're constipated. And Robert said to use olive oil. And so I just want to say thanks so much for all the fabulous ideas Summer's paws are now perfect. Um, but there's a new problem, and that's with me. Um, Sunday night, went to bed, perfectly fine, everything's great. Monday morning, woke up, no voice. I mean, I, I felt perfectly fine. You know, you wake up in the morning, you, you don't talk right away, right? You know, if, if there's nobody around anywhere, and Jean's off, you know, Lord knows where in the house. And so I'm getting up, and I'm, you know, waking up. Takes me a long time to do that. Not a morning person, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, so after about a half hour, I wander into the kitchen. There's Gene, and I say, hi, Gene, and nothing comes out. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is this? So my voice is coming back, so um, I, have, I feel perfectly fine, but just suddenly voice gone. So hopefully my voice will survive the duration of this program today uh, because I have a whole lot of really, really important information to share with you. And number one is the fact that I know here we are back, you know, school's in season, the summer is over, not officially, I know, don't give me the solstice kind of folks here, but I, you know, we're back at school, Labor Day is behind us, and you've noticed from the traffic, right, this week, everybody's back from vacation, and everyone's on the roads, do be careful, please, with all the kids running around with schools, and um, you're worried about the election that's coming up, we're all worried about the election that's coming up because everybody's pretty much feeling the same way. The overwhelming majority of Americans, according to every poll being released by all the members of the media, the vast majority of Americans are planning on casting a no vote. It's a negative vote. You're not planning on voting for anyone, are you? You're planning on voting against somebody. And uh, I get it. Uh, this is the way most folks are feeling, and there's a lot of worry and concern over what will this mean for my investments if that person wins. And it's increasingly getting to the point of people being pretty much taking the attitude that we're resigning ourselves to a fate of the wrong person winning because nobody seems to like either one of them. It's just a question of which one do you like less, which is a really sorry state of affairs when you think about it. How on earth did we get to this? There's so much talent in this country. How did we end up with this situation? But here we are. And over the next few weeks, as we approach the uh, vote, 
in November. I will share with you more and more info. I've given you an awful lot of info already this past summer, and I'll continue to share with you more and more over the next several weeks over what all this means for your investments and your investment strategy. But today I want to focus on something a little bit different that, frankly, is a lot more important. And it has nothing to do with market timing. It has nothing to do with the current news and events, and it is unrelated to the fact that we have a presidential campaign ahead of us in less than 60 days. What I'm talking about is the relationship you have not with your favored or least favored candidate. It has to do with the relationship you have with each other, with you and your spouse or partner. I'm going to share with you some statistics that came from two different sets of surveys, from NerdWallet and from Fidelity, two separate independent surveys that happen to have been released at the same time this past week. And the statistics, I'm going to intermingle them because some of them talked about some stuff, others other stuff, and, and together they present quite a picture. Number one is this statistic. And I'm going to phrase it to you in the form of a question. Do you believe that you are a good communicator regarding financial matters with your spouse or partner? Would you say you're a good communicator? 72% said yes, that they're good communicators with their spouse or partner. But 43% couldn't say how much money their spouse earns. Do you know, if you're married, if you have a partner, do you know how much money your better half earns? 43% had no idea. 23% have no idea how much their partner saves. So, okay, they've got a job. How much are they contributing to their retirement plan at work? How much of their paycheck? Do you never notice because it's going into a 401k? 23% have absolutely no idea. Let me ask you another question. How much money is in your spouse's retirement account? 21% have no idea. One out of five people have no idea how much money their spouse or partner has. And 30% have never even talked with each other about how much money they're going to need to save in retirement. So it's a little bit shocking, and it gets even worse. 43% make investment decisions on their own without consulting their spouse or partner. Do you do that? Do you buy and sell investments without talking to your spouse or partner? And here's the worst statistic of all. When you do talk about these issues with your spouse or partner, 47%, we're talking half of all those surveyed, disagree about all the above. Maybe that's why you're not talking about it with each other, because you're just going to get in a big of a fight. We have to understand that money is a family affair, that if we're going to have an effective financial future together, we have to manage our money together. Now, I'm not suggesting this necessarily means you have to commingle all of your accounts together, not at all especially if you're involved in a marriage that is a second marriage, if you have money that you've brought into a marriage, I'm not suggesting you necessarily have to commingle that money at all. Not at all. In fact, prenuptial agreements make perfect sense for an awful lot of people, regularly recommended by financial planners like us and attorneys and accountants for all the obvious reasons. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm simply saying is there has to be coordination 
within the family. I'm not saying there's one methodology for how you should handle money. There are many different ways you can manage money. What I am saying is this, however. The methodology you use for managing money has to be deemed successful for both of you. A very common question that I get from folks who are newlyweds, folks who are planning to get married, is how should we handle the bill paying? I make money. My spouse makes money. Who should pay the bills? Which one of us should pay which bills? I've had some people say, I pay the mortgage and my spouse pays all the other bills. I've had people say, we each contribute the equal amount of money into a joint checking account. Out of that account comes all the bills and we each keep the rest of our money separate. I've had other people say, my spouse makes all the money and therefore I'm the one who handles all the bill paying and financial stuff in the house. All of the above is perfectly fine with one condition. The two of you have to agree that you like it. Whatever the method is that you're using, whatever the approach is that you've designed, you both have to approve of it. Otherwise, strife can occur. Remember that money is the number one reason for divorce in America. But a lot of people feel that it's because there's not enough money that leads to divorce, and that's not true. It's not the absence of money that leads to divorce. It's all of the other emotional issues surrounding money that can lead to divorce. It's because one of you is unhappy with how the other one handles money. It's because one of you feels that you're the oppressed. You're the only one trying to make sure the bills are paid. You're the only one who's careful with spending. You're the only one who is focused on saving and the future. The other one isn't. It's the attitudes about money. Some folks use money as a weapon to try to control and manipulate other people, using it as a source of power. This is very dangerous. This is very deadly to a healthy relationship. So I want you to talk with your spouse not about the latest tweet on the presidential campaign, not about the latest headline of a prognostication from a pundit about what's going to happen in November. I want you to talk to your spouse about your own personal financial habits. And if you're not sure how to have that conversation, if you're not sure if the money that your spouse is saving is sufficient, if you're not sure if your spouse understands how much you're earning and whether or not you're saving enough in your retirement account, that's why you come to a financial planner. Because we can serve as the intermediary to facilitate a conversation, to raise questions and issues that the two of you may not have thought to ask each other or that you may not have felt comfortable asking each other. If you'll go through that process, I believe you'll find yourselves happier and more likely to achieve the financial goals that you each have. Give us a call and let us help you at 888-PLAN-RIC. It's the kind of work that we provide for our clients all across the country. We've been doing this for over 30 years, and we'll be happy to do it for you as well. 888-752-6742. Or visit us online at rickedelman.com and click that red button, I want to talk to an advisor. When we come back, we're going to go straight to your phone calls. So stay with us right here on The Truth About Money. 
Rick Edelman is a registered representative and principal of EF Legacy Securities, an affiliated broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Edelman Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. The show's content is not tailored to any individual investor and should not be the basis for any investment decisions. You should consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence and base your decisions on your situation. Rick recorded this week's show on Thursday, supposedly because he's spending the weekend playing with his new iPhone 7. Last we heard, Rick was still looking for the headphone jack. Although he took calls from listeners, you're only hearing the ones where he knew the answers, because he's a financial advisor, not a member of the Geek Squad. Let's get the latest from Larry Perel in the KFI Newsroom. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. Let's head off to Hamilton, Ohio. George, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good, Rick. Thank you for calling. What can I do to help? I'm interested in the, getting the pros and cons of uh, taking Social Security at 62 when, when you're eligible for it versus 70 uh, when it's, uh, it makes no sense not to take it. Um, the pros being that if you take it early, you have the chance of keeping your own money and having, an, having the investment grow um, until uh, a certain time versus uh, taking uh, taking it at 70 and getting more money. Um, I just wonder if there's some formulas that uh, algebraic formulas that might indicate when when the break-even point would be at what age you'd you'd be, have been better off waiting to take your Social Security. So it's a real simple situation that we have with Social Security. You're allowed to take it at age 62. You're right. supposed to take it at age 66, and you can right. delay taking it all the way to age 70. Let me explain the difference between those three ages, because it makes all the difference. Your full Social Security benefit, whatever that number is, and it differs for everybody, you can go directly to ssa.gov, and they will tell you what your monthly benefit will be at age 66, thereabouts. depends exactly on your date of birth, but roughly around age 66. They will tell you your full retirement benefit. And let's say that that number is a dollar, just to pick a number. Right. You can take that benefit as early as age 62, but if you take it at age 62, you're going to get a lot less than a dollar because you're taking it early. And by taking it early, you're locking in that lower benefit for your entire life. So you can take it sooner and get less, or you can wait until 66 and get your full benefit. Or you can even wait till age 70, and if you wait until age 70, you'll get $1.32. It doesn't make any sense to wait beyond age 70, because then it locks in. So $1.32 is the most you'd get. So you can either get a smaller benefit at 62, your full benefit at 66, or a bigger benefit at age 70. But the longer you wait the less you're getting at the moment. So that's the real question everybody's asking, as you are, George, is what's the best time to take it, at 62, at 66, or at 70? The answer to that very simple question is very complicated. It has to do with your marital status, has to do with your income, it has to do with whether your spouse has an income, it has to do with the age difference between you and your spouse, it has to do with children and the number of children, the ages of those children, uh, it has to do with your life expectancy and your spouse's life expectancy. It, they're just a ridiculous number of variables, and that's why there's no substitute for sitting down with a financial planner who can go through your individual circumstances and evaluate your situation to come up with the answer that's right for you. But I can give you a general guideline here to consider. If you take the smaller amount at 62 
you are better off than waiting until you're 66 for 13 years. In other words, you're better off until around age 75. In other words, if you're going to die prior to age 75, take the money at 62. But if you're going to live longer than age 75, wait until you're 66. So, George, are you going to live longer than uh, 13 years? Well, this is the situation. Uh, it's, it's for my wife. I've already been on Social Security for 13 and a half years, so um, she's the one that's uh, going to be eligible for it. Is she going to live more than 13 years? Well, I have, let me ask you a question. Is that just purely on the Social Security payments on a monthly basis, or does that include the growth of the money that you wouldn't be using for your uh, monthly expenses? Our analysis shows on an all-in basis, taking into consideration the time value of money, investment alternatives, and so on, that the break-even is about 13 years. Okay. So it's an all-in basis. So how long is your wife going to live? And, of course, you can't answer that question. Well, and that's, that's the dilemma. Right. So let that's me phrase right. it in a way that might help you be able to answer it. How much money would your wife receive if she were to take the benefit right now? Um, around $2,100. Do you and she need that money? No. Would it make a material difference in your life if you received the money now? Would you do things you otherwise would not be able to afford to do? No. Then no, don't. We, we, we do the same thing. Then don't take the money. If you needed it, for example, if you were struggling to pay bills, if uh, you feel that money is tight, if you are constantly denying yourself shrimp cocktail when you go to dinner and you're not going on a cruise, or if you do, you get an inside cabin because you can't afford an outside cabin with a balcony. If there's grandchildren you would love to spoil more than you are because you don't have the money, then I would say go ahead and take the cash. But if it won't make any material difference in your life because of you have ample other income from your Social Security, perhaps pensions, investment income, and, and so on, if your expenses are significantly low enough that this additional money wouldn't make a material difference in your lives, then don't take it. Wait until she's either 66 or closer to 70. Okay. So that, that answers my question. Well, I'm glad I was able to do it for you, George. Thank you so much for calling. I'm Rick Edelman. I can answer questions for you, too. So can my colleagues. Just call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. That's 888-752-6742, seven days a week, 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Stay with us for more. Your questions coming up next here on The Rick Edelman Show. Let's get the latest from Larry Perel in the KFI Newsroom. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. You know, we've been uh, very proud to have been named the number one independent financial advisor in the nation three times. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, 
Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, by Barron's. In 2009, 2010, and 2012, Barron's ranked me number one in the nation. And I've been on the Barron's rankings pretty much every year, uh, stopped uh, after 2012. So uh, we stepped aside from submitting a nomination for ourselves uh, to be on the Barron's ranking. And uh, it's, um, it's really gratifying that the work we have been providing for uh, folks all across the country was, was recognized by Barron's and, and from others as well. We've had a number of accolades over the years in recognition of the work that we've done. Uh, you can get complete information about all the awards at edelmanfinancial.com slash awards. Uh, whenever I do mention uh, the fact that I uh, have been named Barron's uh, the number one uh, independent advisor, I have to play you this. The ranking is based on assets under management, revenue, and quality of the advisor's practice, including the advisor's regulatory record. Investment returns are not considered because they are dictated by each client's risk tolerance. The rankings are based on the universe of applications submitted to Barron's. Like all applicants, principals of Edelman Financial Services submitted quantitative and qualitative information to Barron's, which Barron's reviewed to produce the rankings for 2009, 2010, and 2012. So Barron's has recognized that there's a metamorphosis going on in the financial advisory community. It's really not so much an Anymore about individual advisors serving individual clients. Investment advisors are now forming large companies, and the services that clients are receiving are now as responsible as much coming from the firm as from an individual advisor. That's certainly the case at Edelman Financial Services. I mean, our clients are generally not meeting with me personally, but they are meeting with my colleagues who are trained by me an extraordinarily high level of consistency so that the client experience with, with all of our clients is the same no matter which of our advisors they're talking to. They're getting the same advice, the same philosophy, the same methodology. The investment strategies are the same. The advice on mortgages and insurance and taxes and estate planning, college planning, retirement planning, cash reserves, privacy protection, all of that is consistent throughout the organization, which is a very different structure than the traditional insurance company or bank or brokerage firm where individuals do their own thing without any consistency from the top. That's very different in today's uh, advisory uh, environment. And so Barron's has now introduced a brand new ranking for the first time ever of the top, not independent advisors, but the top independent advisory firms. They identified 20 firms that exist on a national basis that have created structure to provide a consistent client experience. And I'm very happy to say that Edelman Financial Services was ranked number three. So we were ranked the top three independent advisory firms in the country. The rankings are based on assets under management, client retention, and the ability to provide broad and consistent service to clients. Only advisors who applied for the ranking were considered. Edelman Financial nominated itself, and all the applicants provided information that Barron's compared to each firm's SEC filings. The investment returns of clients were not considered because they vary uh, so dramatically based on client circumstances. 
So we're really very excited about this. And it helps to redefine the fact that it's not just the advisor that matters who you hire, but the firm the advisor is with that matters an awful lot as well. So we're really excited about that. Uh, One of the things that we pride ourselves on is the fact that we are constantly looking forward. Uh, Where are we going? Because where we're going is not necessarily where we have been going. A lot of folks engage in financial planning based on the way things have always been. You know, well, gee, you know, my father retired in his 60s and died in his 80s, and that'll probably be me too. My grandfather had that experience, and probably so will I. Well, in fact, the future is undergoing massive transformation as a result of exponential technologies. You've heard me share a lot of information with you here on this program over the past several years about innovations in exponential technology. And we are devoting more and more attention to this than we ever have. Uh, We were instrumental in the creation of an exchange-traded fund focusing on exponential technologies because there was no investment opportunity for ordinary uh, consumers to take advantage of this uh, scenario. And my research over the past six years has convinced me that we need to recognize that our future is probably going to be unlike anybody else's future in human history. And I want to share with you some additional news and information that has been announced, because these announcements are coming pretty much on a a weekly basis. You are well familiar with the notion of self-driving cars uh, already. Uh, What you are probably unfamiliar with is how fast we're going to see self-driving cars in the marketplace. One big issue in making them happen is the cost of the technology. Ten years ago, that LiDAR system, you know, that's that bubble that sits on top of the Google car, that thing cost $75,000 just for the bubble on the roof. Well, they've gotten it down to about five grand, but now MIT has announced that researchers there have created a LiDAR system that is so small, it's a chip that fits on a dime, and it has no moving parts. And it's mass producible. They can make millions of these a year at a cost of about $10. In other words, we're not going to have to force you to buy a new car that has self-driving capability. We'll be able to retrofit existing cars at incredibly low cost, dramatically accelerating the speed that we can find ourselves with self-driving cars on the highway. Now, I know that There's been a lot of worry over the fact that this past summer, uh, a Tesla automobile in self-driving mode was involved in a fatal auto accident. And a lot of folks have used this as evidence of the dangers and risks uh, of self-driving vehicles. Well, we have to recognize a couple of facts. Number one, self-driving cars aren't going to eliminate all accidents. They're simply going to result in far fewer accidents than would otherwise occur with humans controlling the automobile. Second, uh, Tesla says that the car was going above the speed limit at the time of the accident, which suggests that the car was not under full autonomous control at the time of the accident. And there's a flip side to this as well. Josh Neely is a gentleman who lives in Branson, Missouri, and his life was saved by his Tesla. He was commuting to work, according to news reports, when he suddenly had piercing chest and stomach pains. 
he put his Tesla into autopilot mode and told the car to drive him to the emergency room, which it did, where he was treated for a pulmonary embolism, and it saved his life. So it goes in both directions. We fully recognize that this kind of good news, bad news is going to be an inherent part of technology going forward. But the good part is dramatically outweighing the bad. You're all familiar with Watson, right? Uh, Watson is the IBM computer that won in jeopardy, beating the all-time world champions. Well, Watson has been studying medicine at Sloan Kettering in New York, and now Watson has just diagnosed a rare form of leukemia after doctors weren't able to do it. Watson compared the patient's genetic data with its database of 20 million oncological studies. And within 10 minutes, Watson identified the correct diagnosis, enabling doctors to alter their treatment plan and save the patient's life. These are just a couple of illustrations of how technology is going to dramatically, radically, permanently alter our future for the better. It's very, very exciting. And in fact, to help coalesce all of this information from all of the different areas of exponential technologies, I'm writing a new book. Um, even though I've just released a book that we're uh, happily uh, promoting, Rescue Your Money, including with seminars all around the country, I have a new book underway that's going to be released uh, in early uh, next year on exponential technologies and the implications for personal finance. What changes are you going to have to make with the way you save, where you save, how much you save, the insurance. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You need and don't need. How long you're going to live. How long you're going to work. What kind of work are you going to do? All of these massive implications for financial planning as a result of innovations in exponential technology. And it's really important that you work with a financial planner who's paying attention to these trends. Otherwise, the financial plan you might be getting is a financial plan that's outdated before you even receive it. And that's an illustration of the kind of work we're doing in our firm and the kind of advice and services you need to demand from your own financial planner. I'm Rick Edelman. When we come back, more of your phone calls. You can do that the same way. Call us seven days a week, 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. at 888-PLAN-RIC. That's 888-752-6742. We'll be back. Let's get the latest from Larry Perel in the KFI Newsroom. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. You're listening to The Truth About Money. We're off to California. We're talking with Kathleen. Welcome to the program, Kathleen. How are you? Hi. Thanks. Good. What can I do for you? So I um, have some property that I'm going to inherit from my mom. She's 99. She might go another five years. And um, I have $150,000 payment due at that time to my brother and sister, in effect, buying out their shares of the property. 
It's all been written up by an estate specialist lawyer, et cetera. Gotcha. Uh, my question, should I get a home equity line of credit now on my personal property? I have some property that is rented, um, about $600,000 in value. I have a first mortgage of about $87,000. Um, All right, hang on a second. Uh, what do you want the home equity line of credit for? To have that $150,000 available when my mom passes. So what's the also, value of your mom's property? Um, right now, maybe about seven fifty. What's your intent with the property when you inherit it? Are you going to live in it or are you going to sell it? Yeah, I will live in it. I built a cabin there now. I'm improving the property. Uh, there's an old farmhouse I'm working on, et cetera. I do need some cash um, now to continue to work on the farmhouse. She's in a mobile home on the property. I live in a very small cabin, and there's this old farmhouse that I've been kind of rehabilitating the last five years. Gotcha. And you mentioned uh, another piece of property? Yeah, I have my own home that I own. In Silicon Valley, um, what's that worth? That's rented now. What's the what's the what's the value of that house? About six hundred thousand. And the first mortgage is about eighty-seven thousand. And what's the rental income on that property? Uh, about twenty-five hundred. So it's paying for itself now, and I'm actually have a little overflow. Okay. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a big fan of you taking out a home equity line of credit for a debt you're going to incur five years into the future. Uh, yeah. Don't, but you said you needed cash. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, well, I, I could use 30000 to 50000 to finish up this farmhouse so I could move out of the cabin, rent the cabin, and live in the farmhouse. Okay. So what might make sense, instead of taking out a loan against the rental property, which will tend to be expensive because it's a rental property. Lenders don't right, really so like it. Would be about four percent interest. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good. But what you might want to consider is uh, talking to your mom about her getting a loan on the other property that's worth seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Right. Well, at ninety-nine years old, she's doing fine physically, but she has a lot of forgetful. Times and just even recently speaking to her lawyer, she was very confused. I just don't feel it would be equitable or to be at this time for her to make those kinds of decisions this late in her life. If you're going to be the one financially responsible, if you're the one yes. who is going to be the heir of the property, this yes. is really more your issue financially than your mom's. Uh, and I'm, if your mom is willing to take that on, if your mom is. Um, beginning to suffer from dementia, does somebody have her power of attorney? Yes. Who? Me. Okay. So I'm, I'm not concerned about the ethical issue. I don't think there is, I okay. should say. I, don't I okay. do not believe there is an ethical issue here of borrowing okay. against mom's property because you're going to co-sign everything, you're going to be financially responsible right. for everything, and you're the one who's right. financially the owner of everything. As long as you're not right. going to right. stiff your siblings in the future of their 150 grand. I don't think there's yeah. an ethical issue here. Uh, it's okay. simply a matter of where can you get the interest rate cheaper. 
That's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's why I'm suggesting it. If you can get a lower interest rate via mom's property than your own rental, then that's the way to go. If, on the other hand, okay. you can get an equally good interest rate on your rental, then sure, it might be simpler and easier and cleaner to do it that way as well. But in other words, either way, and I would minimize yeah. the amount of indebtedness as best you can because, of course, as we all know, debt's bad. So uh, yeah. try not to incur the big debt. But in terms of your fundamental question, you've got $150,000 liability in the future when mom passes, and she may surprise you, it might be 10 years, not five. There's no reason to incur the debt today unless okay. unless you want to play the arbitrage game. In other words, if you borrow the money now, can you lock in the 4% rate on a fixed rate loan for 30 years? If it's going to yeah. be an adjustable rate loan or it's going to be a five-year loan, then you're just incurring a debt today for a bill that's not due. Right. So here's well, one way. Here, over 800 uh, FICO score, you know, I could get a decent, like I said, the 4% would be the um, but, but, home equity line of credit. Yes, but most, decent, Kathleen, most home equity yes. lines of credit are not fixed rate loans. As interest rates rise in the economy, that interest rate will also rise. So here's another thing to suggest. If you yeah. really want to borrow a, the 150 grand now, why don't you talk to your siblings about paying them okay. now? Okay. And this way you can say, look, you can get the 150 grand when mom dies, which might be in five years, or I'll give you the money today, but I'm going to discount it. And you're not going to get 150 grand today. I'll give you, let's say, 120 grand today versus 150 grand in five years. It's called a, oh, interesting. It's called a present value calculation. You do a discounted valuation based on presumed interest rates. Any good financial planner or accountant can do this calculation for you to say to your siblings, instead of giving you 150 grand when mom dies, we'll give you a smaller amount today. We just have to guess how long mom will live and what the interest rates are between now and then to figure out the present value. And you give them the money now. If you're willing to incur the debt today, I'm not sure there's a big value in that. But if you want to just make life simple and clean, you can go about it in that way. Okay, that's very interesting. I'm associated with the Silicon Valley uh, Edelman Financial. Will they be able to do that or is yes. it going to be out of house there? No, no, no. We can do it for you. No problem. Okay, great. Thank you for calling. I'm Rick Edelman. Yeah, you can call us, too, just like Kathleen did. Call anytime, seven days a week, 888-PLAN-RICK. I'm Rick Edelman. This Tuesday, September 13th at 7 p.m., it's a big deal in the Washington, D.C. area, because we're presenting my seminar, Rescue Your Money, in nine locations in a single evening. We're doing the seminar in Bethesda, Gaithersburg, Silver Spring, Fairfax, Alexandria, Arlington, Leesburg, Springfield, and Tyson's Corner. The seminar, Rescue Your Money, it's designed to show you how you need to manage your money in today's tumultuous times. If you're freaking out about the upcoming election and the impact it's going to have on your portfolio, you really want to attend the seminar because it will show you the seven ways investors fail, the two major obstacles you'll face, no, they're not named Trump and Clinton, and the one major investment goal you should have giving you ultimately the solid investment strategy you need to help you achieve your financial security. The seminar is going to be at 7 p.m. this Tuesday, September 13th, throughout the Washington, D.C. area, $15 a person, $25 a couple, and you can register online at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. And then right after that, 
this coming Saturday, September 17th, we're doing the seminar at two times, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. throughout the country, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Boston, San Francisco, and Orlando. And you'll be able to get this very same information. And we're not done then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Either. We're doing the seminar again the week of September 20th and 21st, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, in Columbus, San Diego, and New York City and Philadelphia, 1 and 7 p.m. Get more information about the event, all the locations and times at our website, rickedelman.com. You're listening to The Truth About Money. Stay with us. It's hour two of the Rick Edelman Show here on KFI AM 640. Let's uh, take some telephone calls, shall we? We're going to go heading off to, uh, where are we going? Oh, we're going to California. Carolyn, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for taking my call. How are you today? Terrific. Thank you. What can I do for you? Um, This is not your typical question. I'm actually calling. I have a granddaughter who will be one year old in about four or five months. I thought I would like to jumpstart her college, not obviously pay for the whole thing. Um, because her parents are so much into Disney, I thought, okay, I'll look into one share of Disney stock and then every year add to it. Mm-hmm. I went online and got so many conflicting reviews about, you know, don't go that direction, um, they're not good, whatever. So then I thought, okay, I'll just do whatever I need to do um, outside of stocks or whatever. Um, and I'm getting no help from anyone. <laughs> Is there a way to <laughs> – uh, and I have four months to do this. Is there a way to um, for me to kind of get it going and then maybe her parents or her other parents can contribute over the years? Well, what, 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 why do you have four months to do this? What happens after four months? Oh, she'll I, – um, I thought I would like to give it to her for her first birthday. Ah, gotcha. Well, to be honest with you, I don't know that she'll notice the difference if you're a little late. Um, <laughs> Just, True. Just FYI. I mean, I know she's precocious and will go to Yale, but you know what I'm saying. Or in, I'm sorry, in your case, Stanford, since you're in California. Yeah, so, we hope. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so lots of choices, lots of options uh, to deal with. And there are two different schools of thought. One is, do we are we meaningfully trying to save for our kids' college? Uh, or what, what is the uh, goal? Are we meaningfully trying to save for our kids' college? Or are we instead simply trying to create an educational opportunity for the child as well? Because those are two different things. So let me give you the answer to both of those goals, okay, Carolyn? Because, in fact, okay. you may be trying to do both. Uh, I am a big fan, and I used to say back in the 90s, uh, the 80s and 90s, I haven't said this in decades, I don't think. But back in the 80s and 90s, I used to say, if you've got a little kid and you're trying to teach them about personal finance, buy them a share of stock in a company they would appreciate. So yeah, buy a share of Disney for a child. Buy a share of Mattel. Buy a share of 
uh, Avon for girls or uh, General Motors for boys. You know, I'm being ridiculously stereotypical and sexist here in those choices. But you, you know, I hadn't said this in 20 years. Remember, give me a break. So I remember. So you get my you get my drift. You know, let, because if you first of all, and and what I would also say is when you buy the stock, ask to have them ship you the certificate, the physical certificate, which is advice I never give anywhere because taking physical possession of the certificates is a really bad idea, except for the fact that when you're doing it for little children, you turn the intangible into tangible. This way they literally have a piece of paper to hold on to. And if you've ever seen the stock certificate of Disney, it's really a cool-looking stock certificate because they have full-color pictures of a lot of the Disney characters. So little kids just love this. You frame it, you put it up on their wall, they get to see it every day. And then they go get to look at it online. I used to say look in the newspaper. But now they get to look online at the price every day, and they get to see it. And they get to experience what it's like to be a shareholder, what it's like to be the owner of a stock, and they can track its price on a regular basis. They can and learn what dividends are all about. They can uh, get the annual re- report from the company, and you know, it's a great educational experience. And it's, in the case of Disney, the stock is selling for under 100 bucks, so it doesn't take a lot of money to do it either. That's, uh, and you're also going to have to pay stock brokerage commissions to buy it as well, so maybe you'll pay 110 bucks uh, to buy the security. Yeah. Is it a good investment idea? No. Why? Because you're putting, first of all, it's only 100 bucks. What's that going to do for a $200,000 Stanford education? Second, uh, you're buying one stock of one company as opposed to a basket of stocks of a large number of companies. In other words, diversification is a safer way to go than simply launching your future prospects on a single individual company. So is it a great investment idea? No. But is it a great educational opportunity? Absolutely, yes. Now, if you wanted to do this, you would have to open a brokerage account, and you would have to do it as what's called a UTMA account, a Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. This is the law that lets parents... Parents and grandparents, or frankly any adult, establish an account for the benefit of a minor, someone under the age of 18. It means you need the name of the minor, you need the social security number of the minor. And you open the account, and at age 18, the account gets turned over to the minor, because at age 18, the minor becomes a major. And then the only question becomes, is what color is the Corvette? (laughs) Right? Because they now have legal control of the account. Uh, and they can do whatever they want, including liquidating it and spending the money on you know, parties and whatever. So, uh, so it's a great educational tool to do it, and you would do it as a UTMA account. You can do this at any brokerage firm in the country. I would recommend you go to a discount broker because you know the stock you want to buy. You said you wanted to buy Disney. So you don't need advice from someone, and therefore you don't need to be paying the expensive commissions of advisors who give advice. You can simply go to a discount <laughs> broker online and place your order, and they'll probably charge you 10 bucks to do the trade. That's one idea. Got it. I'm writing this down. Okay. The second idea, Carolyn, is to focus on college savings, college planning. And if you're going to engage in college planning, there's a whole other conversation. Uh, what you want to do is, is the, the, the best way to save for college is to save for college in a 529 plan. In a, in a 529 account, uh, you, it's called a college savings plan. And you establish that account in the name of the child. So you're the owner of the account, but you have to add the child's name as the beneficiary. Again, you need the child's Social Security number and date of birth. And Got so, it. Okay. So, and 
you control how the money's invested. Since you live in California, you would open a California 529. Every state has one, so we generally tell people to open the account in the state where they live. And California has a variety of investment options that you can pick from. You control the account. You can add money to it whenever you want. And as much as you want, you can put up to hundreds of thousands of dollars into the account. Nobody ever does, but you could. And other members of the family can contribute to it, too. So the kids' parents can add money to it. The in-laws, the other in-laws can add money to it if they want. Or they can create their own 529s. It doesn't make any difference. So you don't need any participation or cooperation from anybody other than having the name and the date of birth and the uh, Social Security number of the child. And that is a more effective way to save for college because now the money grows tax-deferred, the withdrawals used for college, uh, are all tax-free, and it has a lot of uh, advantages in that regard that other investment strategies do not. Uh, there are negatives. Uh, you're limited in the investment choices available to you uh, in the 529 plan. Uh, you are limited in the amount of uh, rebalancing you're allowed to do in the account. You can only do it uh, once or twice a year. You can't do it whenever you feel like it. Uh, the money has to be used for college, and if it's not used for qualifying college expenses, then withdrawals are going to be subject to taxes and a 10% penalty. If the kid ends up not oh. needing the money for college, well, then you're going to be probably subject to those taxes and penalties, although there are strategies to solve that. And so it's a lot more complicated and a lot more involved. And it all comes down to the question of how much money do you plan to invest for the child, because if you're only going to do 100 bucks, I don't know if it's really worth the effort. If you're going to do thousands sure. of dollars, it probably is. And keep in mind, is this your first grand child? Yes. Is it your last grandchild? Uh, no. Exactly. Uh, Which means whatever you do for this grandchild, Carolyn, you're probably going to want to do for future grandchildren. So before you give this grandkid yes. 10 grand, keep in mind you might be giving a whole bunch of other kids 10 grand a piece and you have to make sure you can <laughs> afford all that. Uh, okay. Uh, so I have to decide, um, do I want to teach her something or do I want to save money? And I think I might want to do both. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, there's no. This is not an exclusive scenario. You can, in fact, do both. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can't believe this. I've taken so many notes. I'm going to go peruse them right now. You are a sweetie, and I will get on it right away. Carolyn, I'm glad I to have I will do helped. it. 529 in California. There you go. Okay. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Carolyn. Thank you so much for calling. I'm Rick Edelman. Uh, the Washington Nationals, which is doing fabulous this year. Uh, is having a Heroes Day at Nationals Park on 9-11. And they're inviting the United States Naval Academy, all the midshipmen, to participate in the midshipmen march. But we discovered, we were informed, that they were having a challenge getting the midshipmen from the Naval Academy in Annapolis to Washington, D.C. for the game. So we said, no problem, we're arranging for the bus transportation so that the midshipmen can get from Annapolis to D.C. to participate on 9-11 at the Heroes Day at Nationals Park versus uh, the Nationals versus the Philadelphia Phillies. Then at Edelman Financial, we're very happy and honored to be able to support the midshipmen in that glorious event. And we'll be right back. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us on The Rick Edelman Show. Let's get the latest from Larry Perel in the KFI Newsroom. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. Let's go straight to the telephones. Off to Framingham, Massachusetts. Jeff, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great, Rick. Thanks. How are you? Terrific. How can I help you? So I'm 29, and I'm contributing to both a uh, Roth IRA and a regular 401K. Um, I'm doing the 5500 a year for the Roth and doing about, I think I'm doing 7% 
with a 3% match in the 401k. And my question is, since I'm in the 25% tax bracket right now, does it make sense for me to continue to contribute to the Roth, or should I switch over to the traditional? You should switch to the traditional. Uh, because of your tax bracket, you get a pretty big tax deduction for your deductible contributions, and that's what you should do. If you are using the Roth, you do not get a tax deduction, and you are hoping that by the time you're in your 70s, tax law will still say that Roths are tax-free. Do you really want to believe that you can predict what tax law is going to say 50 years from now? No. Exactly. Right. And so take the bird in hand. Take today's tax break. Now, let me ask you this. You said that you're doing 7% in your 401k and getting a 3% match. If you contributed 10%, would you get a 5% match? No. No. 3% uh, 3 is the max. Gotcha. Okay. Good. I just wanted to make sure you weren't missing out on some free money. So uh, I'm really proud of you, um, Jeff. You're age 29. You're maxing out your Roth and you're contributing between yourself and the match, another 10% of your pay to the 401k. That You you, know, you get the applause of the day, my friend. <laughs> 29 years old. That's, that's, just, that's just really awesome. You keep doing what you're doing, and boy, are you going to be happy when you are in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Boy, oh boy, good for you. I'm Rick Edelman, and my voice is getting worse as the moments go on, but we're going to see if we can't manage to get through the program today. For your benefit, I want to ask you a question. What are the best years of your life? Think about your entire life to date. What decade, what age? Was it when you were a kid? Teenage years? In your 20s, your 30s, your 40s? What are your best years of your life? Well, 60 Minutes Vanity Fair just released a poll, and they showed that you believe the best years of your life pretty much are right now. And that's really exciting news because a lot of folks figure when you're in your teens, man, it's just fabulous. Total freedom, no economic responsibilities or any other responsibilities for that matter of any kind. In your 20s, college is just exciting and you're getting started out in your adult life on your own. And 30s, you're having kids and buying houses and getting spouses. And you know what? People in their 60s and 70s, according to this poll, feel that they're having the best time of their life ever. Look how much you have to look forward to. And that's really exciting because when we put it into the context of exponential technologies, the future is just going to continue getting better and better and better. Look at the innovations that have recently been announced. MIT has engineers who have created a brand new vaccine that could be manufactured in as little as a week. Tests in mice were 100% effective against Ebola, the H1N1 influenza bug, and a few others I can't even begin to pronounce. Doctors have provided a cancer patient with a lifelike jaw that they manufactured with a 3D printer. And they did it with a process that was created by students in the entertainment industry. They did this for Hollywood, and doctors said, wow, I'll bet that'll work on a real person. And they've just helped a patient who lost her jaw to cancer get a brand new jaw from a 3D printer. Everybody's freaking out about robots, and are robots going to eliminate a whole lot of jobs? Well, here's a company, uh, frankly, created by a 19-year-old, 
created a lawyer, a robotic lawyer, whose sole job is to help you beat parking tickets. Now, I know before you before you start laughing, this this robot, by the way, it's free. It's at the website Do Not Pay. It's a British website, 160,000 parking tickets. The site asks you several questions about your violation, determines if you have a case, and if so, automatically generates an appeal for you to file. The robot has appealed over a quarter of a million parking tickets in London and New York with a 64% success rate, saving drivers more than $3 million worth of parking tickets. Um, so, uh, you just Now, no, okay, great news for you if you have been incorrectly hit with a parking ticket. But what about the municipalities who are dependent on that income to pay their bills to provide local community services. That's $3 million. They didn't get in revenue. Is this going to create an economic issue for state and municipal governments in their efforts to meet their budgets? We're going to have to find out. Meanwhile, at Pacific Northwest National Laboratory, researchers have created carbon-rich nanorods that absorb water at low humidity and expel water at high humidity. This is the exact opposite of any other material. And by the way, they made this, this discovery accidentally. The nanorods, they say, will have a wide range of applications. Low energy water harvesting systems, fabrics that remove sweat automatically. The list goes on and on and on. These are just a few illustrations of how life is going to get better and better as we age. You need to make sure you're prepared for it. And that's what a financial planner can help you do. If you don't have a financial planner, you need to get one. Call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. You can call right now at 888-752-6742. My financial advisor is standing by, available to you right now at 888-PLAN-RICK um, from uh, 8.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday and weekends as well. So seven days a week. We're now uh, ready to take your phone calls, if you have questions on any subject in the field of personal finance, anything with a dollar sign bugging you, worrying you, concerning you, your investment strategy or any other issue, we're happy to help. So give us a call uh, if you wish uh, anytime this weekend up through 8.30 p.m. tonight at 888-752-6742. More after this. Let's get the latest from Larry Perel in the KFI Newsroom. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. Um, very excited to tell you that our PBS television special, The Truth About Retirement, is getting additional airings. The show is apparently proving so popular with public television stations around the country that local affiliates are adding more airings of the show. And so if you haven't seen it yet, you still have an opportunity to do so. For the rest of this month, it's going to air all across the country, including in New York, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, and Richmond and Flint, Michigan. Uh, everything from uh, primetime slots at 8 p.m. to uh, middle of the night to early afternoon to morning slots all over the place. So simply check your local PBS listings to find out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. When the program is going to air, The Truth About Retirement, you can also get the full uh, listings at our website, rickedelman.com. And we're really excited about it. And the best part is that if you make a pledge to PBS of $240, you will receive as a thank you a personal financial plan from Edelman Financial Services. So our clients typically pay $800 to receive a financial plan from us, but uh, as a way of us saying thank you for supporting public television, we are uh, offering this to PBS viewers. So you can watch the special on PBS, Make a pledge of $240 or just $20 a month for 12 months, and you'll receive a complete financial plan from Edelman Financial Services. So um, we're very excited to be able to support public television and, and at the same time deliver for you this incredible information that can really be of value to you in helping you plan for retirement. The special covers how to save for retirement, maximize Social Security, and understand estate planning with lots of audience Q&A as well. Uh, we also have my seminar, Rescue Your Money, which is touring around the country. This coming week, we're doing uh, a series of seminars in the Washington, D.C. area, both in suburban Maryland and northern Virginia, on uh, September 13th. And it is a one-night-only, nine-location event that we're very, very excited about. We'll then be doing the seminar on September 17th in Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, uh, Boston and San Francisco, uh, as well as Orlando. Uh, we'll be doing the event uh, throughout the country through the rest of the month. The full seminar schedule is available at rickedelman.com. It's $15 a person, 25 a couple, and you'll receive a free copy of my number one bestseller, Rescue Your Money. Uh, so that's our job on this program and through our entire firm at Edelman Financial, giving you the financial education and information you need to be able to make effective decisions to improve the lives of yourself and your family. And we're thrilled to be able to help you do that. So let us know how we can help you by calling 888-PLAN-REC. That's 888-752-6742. Let's go to the phone, shall we? Off to Suffern, New York. Joan's patiently waiting on the phone. Hi, Joan. How are you? Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a big-time listener of the show. Thank you. Um, I recently heard you discussing target date retirement funds with another caller. Mm-hmm. Um, you told them that they can work, but you need to be all in for it to work properly. Right. I have um, the majority of my investments in a 2030 traditional IRA target date fund. I have some money in a 2020 Roth IRA target date fund. Um, my 401k at work is in a stock index fund. And then I have various other investments, including... A balanced fund, um, I have some money in that same index fund, um, the stock index fund. So you're, you're, kind, you're, kind of, you're kind of all over the place. I guess. <laughs> so. I guess. Um, I, I did it because, honestly, I was afraid to put all my eggs in one basket. I just, I didn't want to have it with one company. I didn't want to have it all in one fund. So I've kind of been trying to diversify on my own, yeah. and I'm wondering if I should just 
simplify and go to a target date investment strategy? Well, here's what you should do, really, um, is start from the bottom up. You're doing it as a top-down, which is getting you confused. And here's what I mean by that. You're picking individual funds. And what I want you to do is start by deciding what you want your asset allocation to be. In other words, how much of your money, all total, I don't care what kind of account it's in, I don't care where it is, all of your money adds up to 100% of your money. How much of your money do you want to have in stocks? Start there, okay? Whatever your answer is, whether it's 40% or 80% or anything in between or whatever the number is, now you know how to pick investments so that when you're finished, you have 40% of your money in stocks. Now, whether you accomplish that with one investment or 20 investments doesn't make a huge amount of difference. So you've got to answer, how much money do you want in stocks? And when I say stocks, I mean how much in U.S. stocks versus foreign stocks. You might even break it down even further. How much in value stocks versus growth stocks? How much in dividend stocks versus emerging market stocks? And whatever doesn't go into stocks, how much will then go into bonds? And what kind of bonds? How much will go into government bonds versus corporate? How much will go into short-term versus intermediate and long-term? How much will go into high-quality investment-grade bonds versus low-quality junk bonds? How much will go into real estate. And will the real estate be domestic or foreign? Will the real estate be commercial properties or residential? Will it be raw land or will it be industrial property? How much of your money is going to be in gold and precious metals? How much of your money is going to be in natural resources? In other words, you've got to decide what is it you want your asset allocation to be, and then you can find the investments to achieve that allocation model. Because when you simply say, I'm going to put some money in a 2030 fund and some money in a 2020 fund, do you have any idea how much of your money in the 2030 fund is in stocks? Probably not. And when you buy a fund that is just a stock fund, you said you own a stock index fund, 100% of that money is in stocks. But if that account is only five grand compared to the million dollars you have, it's irrelevant. So instead of focusing on a certain amount of money in a certain fund at a certain brokerage firm, I want you to look at it more comprehensively, more holistically, more completely, and then you can figure out what to do it. And then you'll discover, Joan, that you're right. The notion of keeping the money in different firms because of the devotion of safety is irrelevant because what you'll discover is that in your 2030 fund and in your 2020 fund and in your stock index fund and in your balanced mutual fund, every single one of them owns Apple. (laughs) And if Apple goes broke, all of those funds are going to suffer regardless of where you hold them. So you're worrying about all the wrong stuff. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, it does make sense. I... <laughs> and this is why yeah. the notion of investment management is kind of complicated, and this is why it takes a lot of time to do it, an awful lot of research. You have to know how to do that research, and most folks, frankly, don't have the time for this. They don't want to be bothered yeah. with this, and that's why they hire people like us. That's what financial advisors exist for, is to be able to do that for you. In other words, I'm Jiffy Lube. 
There are some people who love spending the time changing the oil in their car. They don't mind going to the auto parts store and finding the right oil and then go buying the oil pan and then going home and putting on their overalls and climbing under the car and getting all dirty and spending an afternoon in the sunshine having a great amount of fun changing the oil in their car. Other people would consider that worse than anything they could think of. And they know the oil's got to get changed. But they don't want to do it themselves. They don't know how to do it themselves. They don't want to take the time to do it themselves. So they go to Jiffy Lube. They don't get better oil. They simply avoid the hassle, and they pay a fee for the service. And that's what a financial planner is. I'm not going to promise you that I'm going to find you better investments than you can get on your own. In fact, I'm willing to bet that some of the investments you own are the similar, if not identical, to the investments we provide our own clients. The difference is that our clients don't have to do it on their own. They don't have to worry about how to choose between the 200, 20, 30 funds that exist in the marketplace because they're radically different in how they operate. They're different in their asset allocation. They're different in the stocks they select. They're different in how often they shift the allocation from stocks to bonds as you age. So how do you pick the right target date fund? So if you don't want to do this on your own, you hire somebody like us. You'll pay us a fee for our service. And our service and advice will go far beyond the investments. It will also tackle all the other elements of your financial planning. For example, how should you register the account? That's one big question. Should it be a joint account with somebody else? Should it be in your name only? Should it be in a trust's name? Should it be a, an IRA? And if so, should it be a deductible IRA or a Roth IRA? Should it be uh, a college savings account for children? How should the account be registered? And if you do register the account as an IRA, who should you name as the beneficiary? In other words, there are so many questions, so many issues that come up with all of this. It's a whole lot more complicated than simply saying, well, I got a 2030 fund and a 2020 fund. What do you think? Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. You're very welcome. I appreciate your calling. If we can help you do this, oh, that's what we're here for. So we all know we've got to save for our future. We know we've got to pick effective investments for our future. If you don't want to do it yourself, then you hire someone to do it for you. It's that simple. And if we can help you, we'd be honored and thrilled to do it for you. Just call us at 888-PLAN-RIC. That's 888-752-6742. Or visit us online at ricedelman.com. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us. Let's get the latest from Larry Perel in the KFI Newsroom. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. Let's continue with the telephones. Off to Raleigh, North Carolina. Neil, you're on the air. How you doing? Good, Rick. How are you? Terrific. How can I help? Uh, well, I was curious. While at a previous job, I had enough salary to save above my Roth IRA contribution limit. Mm-hmm. So I saved the excess in a brokerage account. Mm-hmm. Now I switch jobs, and my current salary really only allows me to live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I guess my, my general question is, should I sell off the $5,500 worth of money from my investment account you know, and then pay the capital gains on those today and invest that in my Roth until I can get to a point where my wages allow me to contribute to the Roth? Gotcha. Uh, I'm 41 right now, so I was just kind of wondering which strategy is the best, whether to do that move or whether to just kind of keep things where they are uh, for the next, you know, what, what's the best wealth-gaining strategy from now until 65 or whenever I plan to retire. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, in a perfect world, I would tell you to do both. Figure out a way to contribute to the Roth without having to move money from an existing account. But as you pointed out, 
you know, we don't live in a perfect world and you're not really able to do that. So I'm, I'm not sure that I'm a huge fan of having you sell your existing asset. Uh, and the, and I'll tell you the reason because you can easily attack my reason. My reason really has nothing to do with economics. It has everything to do with politics. So let me explain. On a spreadsheet analysis, you could argue that you're correct, that uh, if you leave the money where it is, eventually when you sell those securities, you're going to incur a capital gains tax on the growth and value of those assets. And that capital gains tax is 20%. Uh, depending on your tax bracket, it's as high as almost 24%. Uh, and so if you get rid of it now, move that money over to the Roth, the future withdrawals from the Roth are tax-free. Right. So you could argue that very fact. The reason I'm not a fan of that argument is political, not economic, which is why you can easily disagree with me and I wouldn't fault you. And here's my argument politically. Mm. I don't trust Congress. You're 41 years old. You're not going to take this money from the Roth until you're in your 60s, maybe 70s, right? Right. That's 25 years from now. That's 12 Congresses from now. That's potentially six presidents from now. Do we really want to bet that the Roth will, at that time, be tax-free? Hmm. I'm not willing to make the bet because Congress has shown a history of reneging on promises, on retroactively increasing taxes. Clinton did it. Reagan did it. Uh, Bush did it, I think, Bush 43. Um, and so we have had a number of these situations, and I'm just not sure that I want to bet that it'll be intact. Because here's the downside. If you do this and they renege, you pay the capital gains tax now, and later when you withdraw the Roth, in my world, you pay tax again, which means you're doubly taxed. If you leave the money alone as is, there is no tax right now because the money's continuing to grow in your account and capital gains aren't paid until you liquidate, which means you could effectively enjoy 25 years of largely tax-deferred assets because the only taxes you're going to pay now are on the distributions your current investments make through dividends or, if they're mutual funds, capital gain distributions, which should be minimal if you own the right kinds of investments, if you own tax-efficient investments. So you're already enjoying a tax deferral of sorts. And I don't know if it's worth it because of my bias of not trusting Congress. And I don't mean tr not trusting Congress in a negative sense either. I mean not trusting Congress in a positive sense. What if Congress miraculously fixes our tax code? What if they simplify our tax code dramatically? They go to a flat tax, for example, or a value-added tax, or any one of a number of tax reform strategies that are being contemplated on Capitol Hill. If they do any of those things, the Roth, by definition, will go away. So will the mortgage interest deduction, but that's another conversation. Um, so for all these reasons, I don't know that I'm willing to project 25 years out to say today what the future tax law will be. And so everything I just said to you is political. It is not economic. Based on today's purely economic numbers, sure, you could make an argument for doing what you've described. Mm. So it's your call. Okay, okay. Now, does home ownership affect your decision? I currently rent. We're contemplating buying. So the two scenarios would be I rent for the rest of my life, and at 65 I'm still renting, and my or my necessary living expenses don't really change very much. 
other scenario is I buy. Well, now, 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 now we're doing something totally different. And let me, and this is really important to understand because the first place we started was a very simple, uh, important, Mm -hmm. but simple. It wasn't a complicated question. It was a very simple question of how best to fund my Roth IRA. That was your question. Um, and we discussed it and handled it and dealt with it, and you now know the issues, and you can make an informed decision that you feel is in your best interest. That's simple, easy, done. Now you've raised a totally separate, unrelated question. I'm thinking of buying a home, and in fact, should I or should I rent? And if I do buy a home, what price should the home be, and how should I finance it? Right? Which is itself a very important and yet relatively simple question um, and what we're engaging in is actually a problem, um, Neil, that's important to understand because people do this all the time. It's called silo investing. When we engage in mm-hmm. silos, we dealt with one issue in one hand without regard to any other issue. And then we dealt with another issue without any regard to any other issue. And when you do it that way, you might make a series of correct decisions individually, but when you add them all together – they just they become one really big bad decision. So in other words, before we decide whether or not you should invest in a Roth, and before we decide whether or not you should buy a house, we want to look at the overall picture. What else is going on in your life? Do you how much do you have in total savings? If you're married, what's the income of your spouse? Uh, what are the fe- children's circumstances and future college costs? What are the, what's the health of everybody? What's the attitude about risk? How much money do you have in debt right now? Uh, what, you know, all these different issues and, and questions right. so that we can tackle this comprehensively instead of playing whack-a-mole where I might whack one mole, but four others popped up without my realizing it. So um, I would argue that instead of trying to tackle these one at a time, you're a great candidate to to get a comprehensive financial plan. Uh, Lots of great financial planners in the country, including in Raleigh, and um, you're welcome to call us. We work with you. We work with folks all over the country long distance in addition to our local offices. Uh, and we can do this for you or lots of people can do this for you. And I would encourage you to do it in that way so that you're really getting the best results um, overall because the, your attitude about home ownership might in fact cause us to do something very different with that money you have saved in that stock brokerage account. Um, and we might end up discovering we're going to liquidate that account to help you with the down payment on the house, making your Roth question totally irrelevant. You know the issues, you know the questions, and now we want to sit down with an advisor who can evaluate the whole thing. Well, thanks, Rick. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you so much for calling. I'm Rick Edelman. If we can help you, call us at 888-PLAN-RICK, 888-752-6742, online at ricedelman.com. And I'll see you again right here next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.